0: Welcome to another episode of Talking Fast, a Gilmore Girls podcast. I'm Suzanne. And I'm Alexis. And we're two longtime fans of the show excited to re-watch and
1: recap it along the way. This week we're covering Season 2, Episode 11, Secrets and Loans. Lorelai can't afford to repair her home's extensive termite damage, but becomes angry when Rory involves Emily, who again offers Lorelai a loan. And that was the Netflix bio.
0: (laughs) An interesting episode. A lot of money talk, which is always fun. Yeah,
1: some deja vu from really the premise of the opening of the show. Yeah, yeah.
0: Before we get into the episode, um, we'd like to ask everybody to please give us reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Um, and... We are mid-season now, so next week we're going to do a kind of mid-season recap, talk about everything we've noticed from the first half of season two and what we think might be coming if our memories serve as well. So look forward to that uh, next week, and then we'll we'll be getting back to finish up the rest of the season. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and thanks in advance for any reviews. They're very instrumental to us as new podcasters, so they're Mm -hmm. always appreciated. I feel like I'm about to go ask Emily for a loan, you know?
0: Yeah, I don't know if we'd want a review from her. I feel like it would be...
1: Cutting, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I doubt she ever gives anything more than a four star. Uh. (laughs)
1: Anyways. Let's begin with our talking fast segment. Okay.
0: We'll see how this goes. It's been a little while since I watched this episode, so we'll. It's
1: like a pop quiz. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Are you ready? I think so. Yes. Okay. Three, two, one, go.
0: So, the main premise of this episode is that there are termites in Lorelai and Rory's house. And it's going to cost a lot of money to get the house repaired and the termites tented, I guess, sent, uh, exterminated. And also, Rory has taken her PSATs, and Paris is a little bit pressed about her scores. Um, but Lorelai is trying to get loans and can't get loans anywhere. Rory brings it up to Emily, and Emily offers help. Lorelai is angry about it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh. Sorry, I felt that's <laughs> no, it's okay. I sounded gleeful when I yelled stop. It wasn't real.
0: <laughs> I think I did okay mm-hmm. without any details.
1: <laughs> there are definitely some details. <laughs> okay. Are you ready to pick up the yes. slack? Ready, go. There are termites," says Kirk. Um, "It's going to be at least 15k to get the house fixed." So this starts up a debate about where to get a loan, and Laura like calls and calls all these different banks. Even Luke offers to give her a loan, but she says no to him, and the banks say no to her. She wants. She doesn't want Emily's help, even though Rory asked. She kind of got involved when she wasn't supposed to. So they fight. Rory fights with Lane as well about this cheerleader thing. Um, eventually, Emily co-signs a loan with Lorelai and gets D.A.R. meetings <laughs> at the end. Okay. That was oh, pretty That good. was hard. Yeah. See, you. I've noticed before you say, like, you can pick up the slack, but I just want you to know we're definitely both on the same page here. <laughs> on the struggle bus, I mean. <laughs>
0: it's part of our charm. Mm-hmm. Hope. Hopefully so.
1: <laughs> you know, we ask for listener gazebo moments, but we've never challenged the listeners to recap something in 30 seconds. So yeah. maybe we should let other people try. If they're, if you're either thinking we're doing well or doing horribly, maybe you should try it out, whoever yeah. you are at home.
0: <laughs> Send us your 30-second recap of mm-hmm. episode 11 to Talking Fast at Uh, podcast at (laughs) gmail.com
1: it has to be your first take i don't want your secret 30th take and it's perfect (laughs) and you can't
0: script it Mm -mm. you have to maybe you can have bullet points but you have to (laughs) otherwise do it by memory (laughs) all right (laughs) well let's slow down yeah i have my rory's bookshelf moment in the beginning of this in the cold open, so... I do, too. I, I, I'm guessing it's for the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the the opening here at the beginning is mostly we're at Luke's, um, but Rory has gotten her PSAT scores, and they're very good. Honestly, I don't really remember how the scoring of the SATs goes, so I'm just going to take their word for it that mm-hmm. this is very good. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and it's
1: even like, it's the before the SAT. Yeah. So I'm not even sure. And I took the ACT, like all of these dang letters for standardized <laughs> testing, whatever. We've mm-hmm. ranted about that before. But yeah, PSATs yeah. are big in this episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I remember I did, I took the SAT and the ACT because I was applying to places. Some wanted one and some mm-hmm. wanted the other, but I did really badly. On the SAT, but not badly enough to not get into school. So <laughs> it just wasn't great.
1: <laughs> my high school provided the ACT for like free. We just took it oh, one nice. school day. But then I applied to colleges that required the like writing portion of the ACT, which I guess is like a supplemental thing. And my school didn't provide that. So I had to take it a second time. Oh. And I was so bitter because I was determined to not be like the person that retakes it many times for a perfect score. So I didn't study at all the second time. And yet I got one point better. Wow. (laughs) I was like, come on. I guess maybe I was more relaxed or something. Because it was like, I just need to check the box that I have the writing portion done, you know. It was just a classic hoop you had to jump through to Mm -hmm. pay to get to college, you know. So annoying. It's ridiculous. (laughs) Anywho.
0: Um, Rory's a bit... (laughs) strangely worried she got a higher score in math than she did in uh verbal mm-hmm. which Lorelei points out is a ridiculous thing to be worried about
1: um, but wouldn't you also be weirded out if, when you took the GRE to get into grad school if you yes. had scored better on the math like I kind of got where she was coming from
0: <laughs> yeah my math score on the GRE was terrible <laughs> pretty terrible Oof. <laughs> <But Shades. laughs> Lorelai um, wants to go to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show which I thought was kind of a weird thing to be showing I in guess this is yeah in December or something usually that shows at Halloween but that was my Rory's Bookshelf because that movie has a special place in my heart mm-hmm. when I was in high school I was in the drama club um and I was in the I was like part of the backstage crew but at the closing at the last show um closing night of every show after all the actors had bowed and everything the text would come out and we would dance the time warp on stage and it's like one of my favorite memories of just doing weird things in public <laughs> so <laughs> That's that so movie fine.
1: yeah that I was in high remember school remember that yeah huh Is that age appropriate for high school?
0: (laughs) Probably not, but nobody was checking. (laughs) It was tradition.
1: I got it, yeah. I remember the iconic episode of Glee, which is sadly where I was introduced to Rocky Horror Picture Show. Like, they do a whole episode about their high school putting it on, and they get into a lot of trouble in their, like, small Ohio Mm -hmm. town.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is. I mean, it's every single scene is sexual, but (laughs) it's
1: a great great musical it's a masterpiece I think right and the idea is that um for those of you who may not be familiar it's common to like go to a movie screening of it Mm -hmm. and then people like dress up and shout along lines and stuff like that and like Lorelai says she usually goes as um I wrote it down she usually goes as a magenta and rory mm-hmm. goes as janet which is classic rory <laughs>
0: yeah magenta also is perfect for lorelei because she usually has like the big red hair mm-hmm.
1: which is Lorelai ish <laughs> Lorelai wants luke to go as frankenfurter which is funny <laughs> i don't think i think he would more so like go as i don't know who do you think luke would actually go as like maybe Riff Raff or um the other guy oh the the guy who's played by meatloaf yeah uh um, yeah freddy maybe mm-hmm. i love meatloaf yeah i think
0: that lorelei should have suggested he go as rocky oh my
1: gosh <laughs> that would, that would be great and those shorts yeah <laughs> who would you go as um i would go as riffraff mm. he's my
0: favorite character
1: Yeah, I could, I think I would go, you know, maybe magenta or who's the other one? Um, Starts with a C, right? Yeah. I have to look this up. Columbia. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that was also my Rory's bookshelf.
0: (laughs) I could also see you as a Janet. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you have blonde hair.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know. And I think I would be shy, so maybe I would go as a Janet, you know. Mm Mm-hmm. But okay, Luke plays along with this in the scene. He's a pretty good sport about it.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, it's obvious he's not going to go, but he does tease her like they have some good banter here. I kind of, I wish, I wish he would go.
1: That'd be hilarious. Be so weird. Mm -hmm. The only other thing I think to mention about this scene is that Rory says she'd like to invite Lane, and that Lane has been difficult to get in touch with recently, which is like Mm -hmm. a little cookie crumb for a plot line later on in the episode. But at the time, I didn't even make much of it at all. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. didn't even write it down. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But after the credits, we are back at home at Lorelai and Rory's. The song... Um, Kay Sarah-, Sarah is playing and it's like a happy morning which doesn't really seem like a realistic morning for them like Laura like hops out of bed smiling goes down and gets coffee and then she takes her coffee mug on the porch in the winter morning which is like one of the true pleasures of life is <laughs> if you live in a place with a porch and it's cold out taking your coffee, and standing outside for a couple seconds. (laughs) But she goes out there, and she's standing on the porch, and all of a sudden she, like, falls through, or one (laughs) of her legs falls through.
1: Yeah. This was actually my gazebo moment. Um, Nice. (laughs) Because I just thought this whole thing was perfectly put together, as you're saying, between, like, the music, the acting. It's very, like fantasy. It's very serene. Mm -hmm. And then the timing of like the porch collapsing (laughs) and the music just abruptly cuts off. It's like such a comedic interruption into that. I thought it was very like whimsical and just a fun little way to introduce this otherwise very serious uh, topic of like termites in the house being needing help work and stuff. And I just didn't want to nominate yet another Lorelai and Emily conversation though I love that but I almost did <laughs> at the end and if you did no shame I, but I yeah I might have
0: <laughs> I don't remember now <laughs> but, but yeah I, I agree this scene is great it reminds me I feel like there was another scene maybe in season one where they were both like getting ready for work in school and kind of mm-hmm. in a more haggard way like perfectly coordinated getting the coffee yeah. out of the coffee machine and stuff and then something happened I don't right.
1: remember it's like when it feels more like choreography you know mm-hmm. than acting or stage movement or whatever it would be called <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was also just thinking about how we I think early on when they would have scenes on the porch more often we nominated the porch as like a stars hollow kind of place of like comfort um and now it's like the place that is crumbling around them. <laughs> oh, and I'm no. like what's happened here? It's very symbolic in a way. I feel <laughs> like of like the their space is in danger uh by like material security and all of this. I'm like it's very real.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. That's that's scary. Symbolism it's always terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> But who comes to check out the termites other than Kirk? Yeah, who of course. Call? <laughs> I guess he is an exterminator. Seems like a questionable choice. But um he goes like under the house and checks the foundations, I guess. Um he comes out and he refuses to talk with Lorelei on the porch because he's so worried about the structural foundation. And he tells her that it's going to be, was it Mm $15,000 to repair, to like tent the place and then repair the foundation, which is a lot of money. I feel like now, I mean, to me, it's still a lot of money, but to homeowners now, it wouldn't be that much. Obviously, the price now would actually be higher because of inflation, but (laughs) $15,000 to me and my meager grad student <laughs> salary is a lot
1: <laughs> yeah totally so we're left on a bit of a bummer you know they're both kind of afraid mm-hmm. to go back in the house at the end of the scene as well um <laughs> but we transition to I think another day we're at Chilton <laughs> and instead of doing a star's hollow moment this episode I decided to do a Chilton <laughs> moment um which is just because i felt like this scene that we have here answered a bit of our question about wanting to see more madeline and louise alone i think you had mentioned Mm -hmm. wanting to see the both of them with rory which we don't quite get here but we see the two of them alone at the start of the scene and it just had this like comfortability to it like a routine of friendship and like girliness but without the usual like judgment of girliness, I feel like that you mm-hmm. sometimes get in a Paladino show. Like they're just being them and having these like funny lines that I don't think like they are the butt of the joke, you know. Yeah. For caring about these things. Um I just liked their back and forth. Um, like, let's see, I think it was Louise is saying she's like depressed because she Someone named Jeremy has it called her back. And she's like, I thought we really bonded in the supply closet. <laughs> and which is hilarious. But then um, Madeline responds, <clears throat> good riddance to bad luggage. And boys, <laughs> Nancy drew mystery. It's like these lines are just so golden. I don't know what they're doing. They've got like a bag of chips or crackers. And they're like yeah. sharing them with each other and counting out specific amounts. I I don't know. But either way, they're kind of just very serene and then interrupted by Paris's very like chaotic and intense energy um about the PSAT scores again PSAT I don't know if PSAT is a thing but I just really liked the overall like um effect you know atmosphere of their friendship here um, and we're not with Chilton forever, and Chilton has a lot of shortcomings, a lot, a lot of them, <laughs> but it also definitely does have a certain aesthetic and mood to it that can be mm-hmm. enjoyable at times, so.
0: Nice. I almost nominated that as my Friday night dinner.
1: <laughs> Ooh! Is it <laughs> because they were quite. counting the food?
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they were, like, counting, yeah. each counting out 12 Fritos, and I was like, huh. this just comes back to our, like... Normalizing restricting restrictive dieting for yeah girls, but that's I true. I agreed. Like the rest of the conversation was so good, and I was just like, "We've talked about this before. We don't need <laughs> we don't need too much of a downer at the moment."
1: Yeah, and the fact that they're like not eating anything else is strange too. Like, just food in the show could we could have a whole podcast about that separately. Yeah, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> But I do yeah Paris comes up and she is chaos embodied. <laughs> um, she is asking everybody about their PSAT scores and Madeline and Louise tell her theirs and they're both uh respectable again I have no idea <laughs> what score like what the rating for scores are but
1: they're all like up there I guess. Though like <laughs> Uh, Louise does say like Paris is like what did you get and she says highlights (laughs) so she doesn't want to disclose hers but hey
0: yeah I love her her wittiness is perfect I think I'd given her a sass attack in the past because Mm -hmm. she's just like so witty and it's so overlooked (laughs) but Paris here is also fishing for somebody to ask her what she got (laughs) and she's Mm -hmm. like trying really hard um like saying that oh boy was she happy and blah 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 and madeline and louise i feel like this they they know what paris is doing or just like letting her be tortured but either way they don't ask her straight up and then rory who's sitting down the table from them pipes up and is like well what did you get
1: paris yeah like you didn't even see that she was there like the camera pans to her and she's sitting all the way at the very end of the table like she's not even with them it was pretty like pretty funny I thought yeah
0: and it's just like Paris has a very loud voice so I can just imagine Mm. most of the cafeteria being able to overhear this anyways (laughs) but Paris tells her her score um which is I think it was just, like, two points or something lower than Rory's Mm -hmm. on both of the categories. Um, I didn't write down hers, but... And then she attempts to get Rory to tell her her score, and Rory just says that she's very happy. I think Mm -hmm. this was a smart move from Rory to not tell her. Yeah, Because Paris would have taken that very badly, and... Mm -hmm been more antagonistic than
1: she already is <laughs> yeah the, the the dialogue surrounding the scene is just so good like Paris is like what does happy mean some people are happy by seeing the sunset and then at the end she's like I hate looking at the sunset so my standard of happiness is very high and she's just like so worked up and intrigued by the mystery of Rory's scores but I agree I thought this was smart on Rory not saying anything and I thought this was another like Rory is a good person detail here (laughs) that I don't want to forget later on like I feel like she's doing kind of a kindness to Paris to not bring this up because again like like scholarly success is like Paris's main source of self-confidence and I feel like Rory is intentional of that and chooses not to like take her down by saying this in front of like everyone else I don't know maybe she also likes teasing Paris but it could be both (laughs)
0: Yeah, I would say it's probably both. (laughs) We leave this scene with Paris being very tortured and worked up about Rory's scores. And then we're back at home and it's the middle of the night and um, Lorelai wakes Rory up. And I feel like we've seen something similar multiple times when Lorelai wakes Rory up in the middle of the night. But she's like saying that she can hear the termites and she can't sleep, she just, like, hears their scratching away, which I feel like I would have the same problem if I would found out that there were termites in my house.
1: <laughs> totally. Or I think, like, are the walls creaking and about to, like, yeah. cave in? <laughs>
0: yeah. At first, Rory is, like, just telling Lorelai to go back to sleep, but um, then she begins to hear the termites too, I guess. <laughs> and they end up going to Suki's, which leads to a great, great scene. <laughs> um, so they're at Suki's and it's probably like midnight or something. And um Suki is really
1: excited for a slumber party type thing. And did you notice she mentions that they could make avocado mango face masks. So did ah, I not call that yeah. last time we said what would Lorelai do? This was Suki saying that, but like so it's like, called it.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. I didn't notice that. Mm-hmm. I wish that they had a real slumber party. That would be fun to watch. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Lorelai also mentions here about, like, how she hasn't been able to get a loan. Mm-hmm. She mentions briefly that she played Tevya in Fiddler on the Roof at one point, which I thought was an interesting tidbit. They yeah. seem to do that play often in Stars Hollow. An interesting choice to have... Lorelei, I play yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but w- while they're while Suki is making um, milkshakes for them, we hear a wrestle in the pantry, <laughs> and this becomes my gazebo moment. Mm. Um, Jackson is in there hiding, and they talk to him through the door, trying to get him to come out because <laughs> obviously he can't stay in there all night. And we find out that Jackson's cousin, I think, owns a printing shop where he prints pictures onto things like (laughs) clothes and pajamas. And Uh then Jackson finally comes out and his pajamas are covered in pictures, very photoshopped pictures of him in a wrestling unitard from high school and the... It's obviously, like, somebody else's body and his face put on top of it, but Mm -hmm. my brother did wrestling in high school, and there are similar pictures of him that exist, and it was just, like, the weirdest set of pajamas ever, and they make fun of him mercilessly. Of course.
1: (laughs) Just imagine who had to make that, like, on set, like, and now we need to make Jackson some pajamas that have, like... (laughs) These pictures on them, I love it. It was all just for the joke, you know? (laughs) I would buy those if they exist. Yeah, yeah. And overall, it's establishing, like, the continued, like, closeness of Sookie and Jackson that, you know, he's Mm -hmm. been staying over at her place.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and they are intimate enough to see each
1: other's most embarrassing pajamas. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Which I suppose says something.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, We move forward to the next day which is a Friday and really it begins with Rory I believe after school looking for Lane. Again it comes up that you know she hasn't really been in touch with Lane she goes looking for her at Mrs. Kim's antiques Uh, but (laughs) this is kind of funny Mrs. Kim is very worried that Rory is like a termite carrier, which I don't think is how it works, which Rory <laughs> yeah. says. But like Mrs. Kim chews her out with a broom and is like, look in there. Look at all this furniture. Wood. <laughs> which is a good point to be fair. Yeah. Um, so she starts to like sweep all around Rory. Um she gets the hose out and sprays her porch down. It's the middle of winter. That could be ice in a second <laughs> And then she like turns around and looks at Rory. She's like, did something move by your foot? And she sprays (laughs) Rory's foot too, which again, very cold, but you know, got to do what you got to do to protect your business.
0: (laughs) Yeah. This scene was my Star's Hollow moment. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because it seems like something that would only happen in Star's Hollow. And it's just Mm. like an example of the just weirdness of the inhabitants.
1: Yeah, totally. It was just funny. Yeah, (laughs) I really did like it too. But ultimately we ultimately we learn Lane is not home. Um Mrs. Kim says she's still at school, which Rory thinks is weird that she would like still be studying there at this time. A little bit of foreshadowing for what's to come. Mm -hmm. After this scene, we get a
0: great example of a three-way call. (laughs) Um Rory picks up the phone and um it's I think it's Madeline who Mm -hmm. is on the other line. And is asking her, you know, she's doing this story for the Franklin. She wants to get kind of an overview of people's PSAT scores for the story. And so she wants to know what Rory's, sto- what Rory's scores were. Rory very astutely asks <laughs> her to put Paris on the line. <laughs> and Paris is sitting right next to Madeline, like coaching her on how to find out. So we we see that. Paris cannot let this lie, and yeah. she's still super worried about Rory's scores, which I feel like goes back to, um, the fact that like Rory and Paris are the ones that challenge each other throughout their entire academic careers. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a great example of that. Although right. Paris is still a bit unhinged, I mm-hmm. guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, like earlier when Louise like kind of implies her scores weren't good. Paris, almost like parents or mentors her in a way. She's like, you mm-hmm. just don't exert yourself. And Louise kind of brushes her off about that. Whereas like, it's the opposite with Rory. They actually do kind of motivate each other, even if it's not always healthy in terms of like the like extreme competition they go for. Yeah, I don't know. I w- yeah, I wonder what Paris would do if she found out Rory's scores. I
0: just imagine... Imagine it going badly.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think she'd be upset and maybe would lash out in uh, not the best way.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, some other Franklin-related way. Because mm-hmm. we've definitely seen her take revenge on Rory for just existing. <laughs> like, when she had told the entire school about Lorelai and Max Medina. Mm-hmm. When she made Rory do the pavement pa- uh, paper article. So... Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and recently we had, like, the Puffs where they kind of, Mm -hmm. you know, mended some fence, maybe, and also the, you know, Race Bridge dinner where Rory invited her, so they're kind of, again, on a, like, kind of upward trajectory toward friendship, and if I think this came out, it would be, you know, a plummet again (laughs) to the depths (laughs) of enemyhood. Yeah, maybe that's why Rory hasn't said anything also. Yeah, maybe she wants to be friends. I don't know. (laughs) we'll see <laughs> yeah but when worry hangs up Lorelai is like Paris again which implies that Paris did call once before <laughs> and so it's even more obvious that she would have been behind this like ruse but um this kind of leads to uh Lorelai and Rory chatting before they're leaving for Friday night dinner and um Basically, they discuss how like more banks have turned down Lorelei, and Rory says that there's an obvious answer, which is going to the grandparents and Lorelai immediately like rejects this option. She's not into this at all and she sets like a fairly clear boundary here. Like, don't bring this up when we go. I This is not an option I'm interested in. Um... And it kind of will unfold from there.
0: (laughs) I did want to point out one of the ways that Lorelai deflects Rory's suggestion, though, which is just a super weird thing to say. Lorelai says that she would really miss Rory if she sold Rory into white slavery. (laughs) And I just have to say, uh, maybe don't make jokes about slavery Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's just never in good taste and you can put white in front of it and that doesn't make it any better (laughs) no
1: yeah oh my god yeah because she's making a joke about like Rory's like there's an obvious answer and Lorelai's like yeah the obvious answer is and then jokes about like white slavery Mm -hmm. as if yeah the like classic deflection into like a poor taste stroke is just yeah so lorelei they're not always in poor taste don't get me wrong but like yeah Yeah. i I just rolled my eyes at this one
0: (laughs) this one was one that like shocked me Mm -hmm. in a way that i don't think any have since kirk make made his super homophobic comments Mm -hmm. like
1: in early season one that's such like a like that is such a white person thing too, mm-hmm. to be like afraid not of just slavery but white slavery. Like that young little Rory could somehow like I don't know. It's like it scares her because it's the whiteness of it. I it's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. It was definitely not her shining moment here. <laughs> yeah, not a great choice.
0: <laughs> but anyways, we go to Friday night dinner and Richard again is gone. <laughs> I'm kind of sad about that. Yeah, me too. Um, but Emily is kind of, they're all sitting around having cocktail hour and Emily's asking, you know, what what's up and Lorelai's talking about how stressed and tense she is. <laughs> Emily asks her what she has to be tense about, which I thought was a bit uh, pointed and funny. <laughs>
1: It was such an interrogation because she yeah. sees Lorelai take some painkillers for a headache and she's like, well, why do you have a headache? Are you sick? Is it work? Like, what is it? <laughs> it was so intense.
0: I can never tell with Emily whether she's like actually worried about Lorelai in instances like that or if she just wants to keep poking for the fun of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. But either way, um Rory's the one who blurts out that they have termites and it's going to be expensive and... Um, they don't have the money to fix it. And right away Lorelei is pissed. <laughs> but yeah. Emily like doesn't say anything. She just walks over to get her checkbook. Which I thought was great. I don't I don't know, I'm of many minds with this situation. Yeah. But I'm also like coming from my financial perspective. I have come to the point in my life where I've had to swallow all pride and if somebody offers me money I take it (laughs) Mm -hmm. um and like I know it's way more fraught with Lorelai and her parents but I don't sometimes it's fine to just accept help (laughs) yeah
1: I'm of so many minds about it as well like I'm very cognizant of the fact that like oftentimes things come with strings attached even mm-hmm. if they're not stated so like if emily does this it seems like out of the kindness of her heart does that not mean down the line this could be lorded over lorelei and Lorelai mm-hmm. certainly would be the one to know that through her experience with her family yeah definitely but i'm to- i totally agree with you i'm like i've needed money before and if someone just like <laughs> walked over to a checkbook to offer it to me I would be inclined to accept and the whole, like, Emily doesn't make her ask for it. Emily doesn't, like, force her to agree to terms beforehand or anything. Like, it's hard to know how Emily would have reacted if Lorelai had accepted the check. Like, maybe the cocktail hour after that would have been full of, like, gloating and all the stuff. It's really hard to know. But in the moment, just from, like, her body language and how their relationship has kind of been, like fairly positive and growing Mm -hmm. up to this episode I kind of just feel like Emily would have not made a big deal out of it and it seemed like pretty gracious of her to just get up to offer that check when it's like it's nothing to her you know she's like why won't you let your mother help you you know like she kind of just views it as like part of her own role of like caring for Lorelai and Lorelai is getting in the way of that here but yeah I feel a lot of ways about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because it is, I don't know, it's just, like, I understand the, like, pride of wanting to be able to support yourself and fix your own Mm -hmm. problems.
1: Yeah, and to be independent. Like, if she needs to just leave, you know, if she needs to cut ties with them again, like, tomorrow, will she be able to do that and cash the check as well? You know, like, Mm -hmm. there's something to say. She's had to leave them behind once before. Like, I'm sure she desires that independence as well. Yeah, that's a good point.
0: <sighs> but also one of the big things is that Lorelai is really angry at Rory. Yeah. Um, And it kind of spills over to when they get back from Friday night dinner. And this is what I had as my Friday night dinner nomination for the week. But not mm-hmm. necessarily because I have like a cohesive point to make about it. Because, again, I'm of many minds about it. Because I understand... Yeah. Why Lorelai was so mad at Rory. As you said, she had like set that boundary like, no, we're not asking Richard and Emily. And Rory mm-hmm. broke that. Rory did have good intentions, but she also wasn't taking into account what she knows about Lorelai's relationship with Richard and Emily. Yeah. But I also thought that Lorelai was kind of mean to Rory in this conversation and a little bit way too harsh talking to a 16 year old who did have good intentions and has like kind of a naive innocence when it comes to her grandparents um Mm -hmm. I don't know I just it's a complicated situation because I kind of agree with everybody's point
1: and disagree with
0: everybody's point at the same time
1: no I know exactly where you're coming from and I feel the same way And one thing I feel like I was thinking about is, like, how blurred the lines are for Rory and Lorelai in terms of parenting. Because on the one hand, I'm like, Lorelai really did. She stepped into that firm parent mode of, like, because I said so. (laughs) You can't do it. It's not an option. And should she be entirely surprised when Rory doesn't respond to that kind of, like, Mm heavy-handed? Because, you know, they don't often use that dynamic between each other and like it was probably and like she doesn't do that often with Rory and so like on the one hand I'm like she set that boundary and her as the kid you need to listen but also they don't usually do that whole routine (laughs) so maybe Rory didn't think it would be such a big deal that she crossed that line but then it it clearly was
0: yeah yeah it's just I think it's a a great point about how (laughs) How you can't, like, just switch the dynamic you have with somebody to suit the different circumstance. Mm-hmm. I felt like Lorelai was acting more like Emily in this towards Rory than usual. Sh- like, it was it was more of that dynamic than the usual Lorelai and Rory dynamic. Just yeah. so complicated.
1: Oh, Now I'm just thinking, like, is there a correlation here? between Lorelai saying no don't ask them for money Rory disregarding that and doing that then later on Lorelai saying don't drop out of Yale and Rory being like that's what I'm gonna do and going to again to the grandparents for support like that could be a correlation I'm not saying there's causation mm-hmm. or like a direct well perhaps it's a parallel like that's just I just kind of had that thought like will we see this again in a way yeah it's
0: definitely a pattern i would say Mm -hmm. of rory like yeah taking advantage of the fact that her grandparents are are just like on her side almost Mm -hmm. (laughs) without question
1: yeah she's able to rely on that comfortably Mm -hmm. um and i I don't know if that's even necessarily a bad thing it's just a different approach than Lorelai like Rory is willing to kind of let go of some of that independence to embrace like that lifestyle and support until it becomes uncomfortable for her like I think she quickly realizes it's not easy to just live with them when they like move her into the bedroom out of the apartment and all of that stuff so like yeah there'll be a lot to discuss later on and I hope we can remember what we've said
0: now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah and I feel like it's kind of a normal yeah dynamic to have with grandparents like Mm -hmm. grandparents are never really the ones to I mean unless they are like more of a guardian figure in your life they aren't really the ones to discipline you they're usually more Mm -hmm. like the ones to spoil you or like enable you as a child and doing things you shouldn't. (laughs) or your parents think you shouldn't so right
1: like Luke can't be the fun uncle to Jess you know because he's definitely the caregiver role at this point in the season
0: (laughs) yeah but we've already seen like Emily and Richard kind of doting on Mm -hmm. Rory and that continues um but uh,
1: yeah yeah all right well there'll be more to unpack with this you know conflict because it continues on throughout the episode. We interrupt this podcast with a message from our sponsor.
0: Bugs are everywhere.
1: They are in your house.
0: They are in your bed. They are in your shower and your stove. Bugs are everywhere. And there's only one way to escape them. Stars Hollow Exterminator Company can banish those bugs. We will tent those termites and spook those spiders. Cockroaches
1: cower before us and beetles balk. So... Next time you feel a soft prickle on your arm or get that scurrying feeling of an unseen bug over your toe, call Stars Hollow Exterminator Co. We will shimmy under those floorboards and assess the damage of the termite colony that has changed the once solid foundation of your house into a buzzing metropolis of eyeballs and antennae, our intrepid Entomology expert Kirk will give you an estimated cost for living a life without an imminent house collapse or soft buzzing haunting your dreams.
0: For listeners of Talking Fast, Stars Hollow Exterminator Company has a deal for you. Book an inspection on our website and enter TALKING in the coupon code box, and we will include an album of close-up photographs of each bug that Kirk finds infesting your cherished abode. That's code Talking when you book an inspection on our website for visual evidence of the polyopian invaders that swarm your kitchen as you sleep.
1: But for now, the time moves forward. It seems like the next day we pick up back with Rory, who is definitely in a funk from this you know fight with Lorelai I hate when people are mad at me and Rory definitely gives me the impression she feels the same way Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and it's so unusual for them to be in a fight so she's kind of talking to Dean after he gets out of school he throws a basketball at her and says like catch and she does not which is not a surprise but it was kind of such a weird way to begin the scene
0: (laughs) I know it's it like reminds me of um jess's observation that he doesn't really seem like rory's type of guy like mm-hmm. does this seem like something rory would respond to
1: no and she kind of like though that i think that is definitely true though i do think dean you can tell is used to rory in this conversation because mm-hmm. i feel like he handles her in her mood fairly well uh though he does kind of call her insane well she's like Either he says, You're, you sound insane, or she says, do I sound insane? And he's like, yeah, either way, I don't appreciate that verbiage. But overall, he's kind of just listening to her. He says, like, I feel like words are dangerous right now. Like, he doesn't want to jump in with all of these, like, opinions on their situation. And she really has to pull from him, like, what are you thinking about this? And he's like, you know, I've observed many good qualities about you. <laughs> but one <laughs> thing you share with Lorelai is, you know, the tendency to be stubborn uh which is you know fairly true um and I feel like I just have to like compliment him for doing the most basic thing um <laughs> just to balance out you know everything else <laughs> yeah and he's yeah, like let's he go is. get a coffee um he has to retrieve his basketball which has been run over by a car <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh
0: yeah he is good I mean I feel like we can concede that he does have Good attributes as a boyfriend at this point still Mm -hmm. even though they're starting to be overshadowed by his
1: jealousy and stuff but yeah yeah it's a good point but what this scene really allows for um is Rory to kind of you know as dean is going to retrieve said basketball (laughs) she looks over at this group of cheerleaders that catch her eye and she notices one miss lane kim (laughs) in a cheerleading uniform They share eye contact. Their faces are hilarious. And then Rory just, like, flees. They don't talk, which I thought was so weird. And Lane is, like, caught. She's acting like she's been caught doing something so bad, you know. And Rory is just, like, astounded to see Lane as a cheerleader. And I also was very surprised. I didn't remember this at all. And the way they play the scene out with them just, like, not talking about it was, like, odd.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I for some reason remembered it being later than this, mm. um, and I yeah I agree. I love the just like deer in headlights kind of moment for both of them, almost yeah. as if like Rory thought maybe it was a lane doppelganger or something. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. really her, um, and it just remind like it reminds me of um, socializing before social media and texting and all that kind of stuff where. You literally could have a best friend, and if you went to a different school, you might not actually be in constant communication like you are now. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how I feel about Lane as a cheerleader, but I think we'll bring that up in a couple scenes.
1: Yeah. (laughs) This episode is full of a lot of morally gray, you know, ground. (laughs) Meanwhile, at the Independence Inn, Lorelei is working and she is wearing my Lorelai's Closet nomination
0: oh, it's like this
1: too oh <laughs> nice
0: wait I can I... actually move mine to something that matches
1: later so okay okay it's just like this gorgeous button-up dress shirt that is silk material and it's mm-hmm. like a kind of magenta would you say like a pinkish purple yeah
0: it's like yeah. rose purple mm-hmm. it was so pretty and I love Like, this silk button-up. Yeah. And I feel
1: like it's so hard to pull off. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I know. It looks so luxurious and, like, effortless, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And I just, like, compliments again to Lorelai's, like, professional style. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just so fun and, like, elegant, but her all at once and professional, etc. I was like, yes. The color Mm -hmm.
0: looked great on her. (laughs) Yeah. Um so what she's been calling around looking for loans michelle super helpfully suggests that lorelei offered to give the bankers a lap dance
1: they tried to <laughs> heterosexualize him again and yeah. he starts to talk about like people women in thailand who do a trick with a ping pong ball which seemed like another poor taste joke in the yeah. episode paired also with the fact that he's like hypersexualizing women which is so mm-hmm. not something we know he would do and like who his character actually is
0: (laughs) yeah it was just weird Mm -hmm. um but emily calls and so i'll move my lorelei's closet to what she's wearing because Mm -hmm. i thought it kind of paralleled what lorelei was wearing in tone she had like a long um kind of dusty blue cardigan like knee length kind of and it was, it wasn't the same color as Lorelai's shirt, but it was like the same quality of color, I guess, like kind of mm-hmm. a dustiness, but or actually maybe the, it was the blouse that was the dusty blue, sorry. And, um, uh, some like gray slacks and I just loved this outfit and I thought it did kind of, it wasn't matching Lorelei, but.
1: You could kind of like see coordinating a, or something, yeah, like in mood s- or tone.
0: Yeah, you could almost see, like, a in the stemma of um fashion of the Gilmore women <laughs> that they had shared lineage, <laughs> yeah, yeah, to use some <laughs> manuscript <laughs> um <laughs> words. <laughs> um, but what Emily is calling to say is that she has talked to a president of a bank that she knows and, like, is part of her social circle. And she set up a meeting for Lorelai. <laughs> I got these cats behind me. Oh, my God. Um, and she set up a meeting for Lorelai to meet with this banker and talk about a loan. Um, and Lorelai is hesitant of course she doesn't want to accept help from emily but emily says it's just a meeting to talk about alone and it seems like you know harmless mm-hmm. uh which uh maybe was a red flag <laughs> but <laughs> lorelei agrees to go or
1: at least she goes in the future i This was definitely one point where like if I wasn't already thinking Lorelai should accept her help Mm -hmm. I'm definitely thinking that at this point I'm like you really are like it's kind of hubris at this point like it's just an appointment. Sure it's got a little bit of nepotism like would you have been able to meet with this person if you didn't have a connection? No but like come on like come on. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with networking
0: i'm like currently mm-hmm. at the point uh, where i'm trying to build up my linkedin network so i can get a job when i graduate mm-hmm. and it's just like that is like it or not that is how the world works gotta play and, the game yeah just take advantage of it if you have the ability to especially you know if your house is about to fall down
1: huh this leads into another scene in the same day we pick back up with Dean and Rory who are leaving Luke's at this point they have a quick kiss and then a long kiss um it's just I think to show us that they're still dating <laughs> I wish we'd um, seen Jess staring down from a yeah window. <laughs> if I was team Dean and Rory I'm sure I would have loved this moment otherwise it's just the thing right before Rory and Lane have their conversation for me <laughs> um uh, so Rory sees Lane across the street again they both kind of share like a deer in headlights look and then we have another fun moment of okay again I need to look up a glossary like cinematography I'm not really sure but like this music starts to play and they are walking dramatically toward each other and then they stop like feet away and Lane says like as the music ends we need to talk and it was just very dramatic like it had a sense of drama perhaps i should look yeah. up who directed the episode actually because that could there were like a few different choices made and i i liked them but um this scene is actually where i placed my friday night dinner critique uh because i don't know i was thinking i could place it a lot of different places and i thought i would do it here as a bit of a defense of lane um and i'll say like with i'm with roy here where i was shocked to see lane as a cheerleader Do I think that's something that would be, like, her calling? No, like, I don't. I see her more in a band, like, have Alien, of course. But, like, I am totally with her when she is explaining, like, Rory's gone. And when Rory is there, she has Dean. It seems very much a case of, like, Lane wanting to find more friends. If she wants more socialization, like, where can she find that? And she identifies, like, a group of people (laughs) and she joins them. And are they cheerleaders? Yes. And are there all of these, like, stereotypes about cheerleaders, some of which may be true or not true? Like, yeah. Um, And Lane, I just feel for her here because she's, like, been hiding this from Rory because as she tells Rory, she's like, I know how you're going to react. And Rory, like, proves her right. Like, all of these, like, first things that she says to her is, like, um, I don't know. She just makes a comment about how she's, like, peppy now <laughs> and how they she brings up how they used to make fun of cheerleaders together and all of this and it's just like how crappy to feel like you wouldn't be supported by your best friend you know especially when like you're doing this in the first place because your best friend hasn't been around as much it's just like i think lane is very much in the right here and i really like how she says like um you know i just wanted to try it and i don't have to justify it to you i think that's just so true um and it ends with a really funny line where she says, I forgot my <laughs> palm, and Rory gives her a weird look and she's like, Two are pom poms, one is just a palm. <laughs> like, ooh, I never knew. <laughs> I
0: agree a hundred percent about this. I thought that this was really like Rory perpetuating the whole not like other girls kind of mm-hmm. thing, which has been like how we've come to know Lane and Rory as the two like Unique, cool, interesting girls, and all yeah. the other girls are just like vapid cheerleaders as a stereotype. And I like that Lane is challenging that. I mean, mm-hmm. I have watched the documentary Cheer on Netflix. I know it's <laughs> a ridiculously too. like grueling um, activity to do, especially if you do it competitively. But yeah, Lane is just, she's just trying to make new friends. And Mm -hmm. Rory is judging so hardly and it's so mean. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like, Lane can still be her cool musical self as we see later on and, like, enjoy an activity that is stereotypically girly or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And Rory just needs to chill out and also realize that she hasn't been there for Lane, which I think is kind of a larger problem. (laughs) I'm on Leighton's inside. I feel like I'm <laughs> yeah. usually on the inside. She's usually yeah, me. <laughs>
1: same. <sighs> well, we move to the final scene of this day, where um, Lorelai has asked for a second opinion, and she's having Luke like look at her house, and he confirms for her that the termite situation is accurate. But he does offer that he knows a good contractor, and he's like, we could work together. And you can pay them in like installments whenever you want. And Lorelai is immediately suspicious of this. And she's like, you know, that sounds like a loan. And um, yeah, it's basically like Luca's offering to front the money to her and he's acting like it's no big deal. That's so kind of him. Also, like, this is the second (laughs) person who's offered to make her a loan. This is like from someone I do not think would attach strings. And I was surprised that he just had 15K lying around. Um, so, like, I just was, like, processing a lot of information, including my frustration that she, like, immediately says no again, and I, I don't know, like, part of me gets it, it would be awkward to accept money from a friend, but another part of me is, like, if it's financially feasible for him, and he's, like, one of the closest people in your life, if you don't trust Luke, like, who do you trust? Is there anyone Mm -hmm. in your life you'd be willing to, like, accept help from? It was just kind of frustrating for me at this point. (laughs) I
0: know, she's just, like, focusing fully on her pride. There's Mm -hmm. this one episode of Northern Exposure, which is my favorite TV show. Sadly, it's not streaming anywhere, so Mm -hmm. sorry to the world, I can't get to enjoy it, but one of the first episodes is just about how, like, people, there are a couple people in the town who are, like, refusing to do certain things that it would be for their benefit because of pride, and this is a great example of that. I I don't know if I would suggest her accept Luke's money cuz I feel like money between friends can really mess things up, but I also feel mm-hmm. like she would pay him back and yeah, like she would be good about that, so it might not cause any problems, but mm-hmm. there there's really no excuse for not accepting Emily's help mm-hmm. at the very least in getting alone through emily's network <laughs> yeah yeah i also wanted to point out in this scene though that lorelei's wearing glasses yeah i think you had brought it up in like whatever the last time was that she wore glasses mm-hmm. but
1: they're yeah.
0: an interesting <laughs> style <laughs> they're, they're so like, small <laughs> yeah they're like tiny ovals without rims or mm-hmm. if they did have rims they're
1: super thin yeah yeah I don't know if they look cool on her, but I do know if it was anyone else, they'd look even more uncool. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, definitely not uh, the style for glasses anymore. No. (laughs) Um, The scene ends with, like, Rory arriving home and... It's evidence that there's still like chilly between the two of them because Lorelai says Dean called twice, and Rory says like rah rah rah, <laughs> it was so weird, and Luke is just like I don't want to know, um, but my follow up question is, Rory just left Dean, like yeah. minutes before, and he's already made it home and called and called twice, and but about what they just spent like yeah. what. <laughs> I just want to so hope that weird. Dean actually wouldn't do that. And the show just, like, put that in for some dialogue. I don't know. I was like, dang, did Dean really call twice? My God.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I want to hope that they are doing this, like, hyperbolically, that he calls constantly, like, multiple <laughs> times every evening. Because it's just a little bit creepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the next scene we get is at the bank, so... Lorelai has decided to take Emily up on her offer. Um, She's dressed all professionally and is all set for a professional meeting with the banker. Um, And as she walks in, she sees Emily sitting there, like, looking perfectly at home in this fancy situation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Lorelai immediately just, like, walks out. And... Emily follows after her, and they have a pseudo-fight, almost mm-hmm. a fight. Lorelei, like really doesn't want Emily to be there. She wants to do this all on her own. Um, but Emily's already there. They already know that she's there, so it'd be weird if she just didn't go in. And they agree that Emily can come in with her if she remains completely silent after asking the banker about his wife
1: mm-hmm. for social... Mm-hmm niceties I guess (laughs) yeah when Lorelai saw that Emily was in the waiting room I actually picked out my just sass attack because sadly he was not in this episode um but Lorelai says you are not seriously sitting there and Emily responds no it's a hologram (laughs) oh so good so good (laughs) Uh, Emily
0: like continues to kill it with the humor Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm But they go into this meeting, Emily kind of chit-chats with the banker, um, much more than Lorelai would like. (laughs) Lorelai ends up um, cutting off the banter and just saying, you know, Emily really wanted to ask you about your wife (laughs) in the hopes to get her to shut up. Um, But then Lorelai asks this banker to treat her like anybody else off the street and look at her loan material (laughs) which he does and so he says no (laughs) yeah and he like he refuses to give her the loan just like all the
1: other bankers have Mm -hmm. we did learn that um as he's like going through her documents he does mention she's taken out two loans on Mm -hmm. the house already which kind of like was a clue for me because before that i was wondering like why did nobody want to offer her Alone, yeah. like she even said she's going to like the sketchy places that would probably offer her like a horrible interest but would still give her a loan I was like why is there not a single bank like she seems to have been employed for so long at like a high position I'm like is she really not like if she can't get a loan I definitely won't be able to get a loan <laughs> someday I don't know but that kind of answered and I feel like that gives the sense that there must have been other times where she perhaps needed help but chose to, like, take out a loan instead. And, like, yeah, I don't know. There's just, like, a small clue, but I feel like it answered some of my questions.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like, it's one thing to have the mortgage to pay for, but then to already have another loan and then asking for another one. I guess that would be a red flag. Mm -hmm. But the solution for this is that um, Lorelai could have somebody co-sign the loan, which... I was so angry at Lorelei for even thinking of refusing this because mm-hmm. that literally, like, Emily can sign that and literally not have to think about it, bring it up ever mm-hmm. again. I mean, she probably will, but, like, having somebody co-sign for you, especially if you know that you can swing the payments, is just, mm-hmm. like, the tiniest little, like, <laughs> indication of support, and it it's... Like, why would you not accept this help?
1: Yeah. And, like, when he says, oh, you could get someone to co-sign with you, I feel like that also was kind of, like, an aha moment for me. Like, before I thought Emily was just trying to, like, involve herself in the meeting. Like, she just wanted to kind of be there. Perhaps it's a sort of, like, I told you so mentality or, like, I'm checking up on you. I thought she was just kind of, like, wanting to be there. But now when he said that, I was like, she knew... Lorelai would need a co-signer like she probably talked to the guy already or did research and like it's just another step she's going to to help her and she didn't want to admit that she didn't want to say in the waiting room like I'm here because you're gonna need a co-signer she doesn't say anything like that she's like oh I just wanted to see if you made the meeting and then she's like subtly drinking her coffee (laughs) as (laughs) he says that and Lorelai kind of realizes this and it's like So many times I feel like Emily, like, oversteps or uses her money as a way to, like, procure something, but I don't know. I just keep feeling like I'm on her side here. She, it just seems like she wants to help, and maybe I'm misreading that, but, like, come on.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what parents are for. Mm -hmm. (laughs) When I got my first apartment when I was, like, 19, I had to have my dad co-sign my apartment lease for me, and it's just, like, that's what, that's what your parents do, you know?
1: Yeah, if you're lucky enough to have parents who are in that position, it's yeah. like, you don't need to, I don't know, it will just help you be in a strong position to then help other people, you know? Yeah, exactly. <sighs> Lorelai, yeah.
0: just let I just her co feel cosign. heated up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But as they leave the bank, Lorelai is asking, like, what is Emily looking for out of this? Like, what's the exchange for having her co-sign? Yeah. Um, Emily says there isn't anything. She just wanted to do not- something nice for Lorelai, which I believe, even at the end of this episode, I still believe mm-hmm. that was Emily's intent was just to help yeah. Lorelai out and that there are no strings attached. The thing that Lorelai at the
1: very end thinks is a string is just a, a non-issue, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I Yeah. And part of me, I can't necessarily fault Lorelai for thinking there would be a new arrangement again she's like how old at this point and she's had a whole like childhood and adulthood with these two parents who have constantly kind of tried to make her a puppet with strings you know um but like even though I kind of understand where it's coming from it's also like man can't you just a little bit observe the more recent present of your relationship because you saying this is only gonna like hurt your relationship because she hasn't really been acting that way toward you more recently um and it was just it just read like a cruel comment for her to say that to be like Sunday night tea Wednesday night bridge club Monday night football (laughs) like I don't know it just was like come on progress only to be (laughs) diverted once again (laughs) and if If you think back to
0: the pilot episode, Emily wasn't hiding her agenda in giving Lorelai money. Like, she was very (laughs) obvious. Like, she refused to give Lorelai the money until they made the agreement. So I don't know.
1: It seems like she would do the same thing now. Mm Mm-hmm. But... And I guess, like, does Lorelai never truly... Maybe not yet. I don't think she truly acknowledges that this arrangement is not something Emily has made to lord over her or confine her but to like actually want to be close to her daughter which we had like many gazebo moments where she like admits that to not Lorelai unfortunately (laughs) so maybe that's the reason that she doesn't fully realize it but it's like the irony a little bit is that (laughs) even Mm -hmm. if there were an arrangement attached it would only well primarily be because Emily wants to just be around her to be able to like help her in situations like this yeah yeah exactly
0: mm. i'm glad lorelei finally accepted help because <laughs> they yeah. do need a house to live in dragging her feet along the way but she did yeah, <laughs> yeah. and after this bank a- appointment um we finished the episode up i guess kind of almost finish it up with uh, stars hollow high pep rally <laughs> out so in, in the cold at night. I don't know about you, but my high school always had pep rallies like in the morning first thing during a school mm. day, not that night. <laughs> um but Taylor is presiding. He's super excited about the new uniforms for I think it's the basketball team. Um yeah. who he has out shivering <laughs> in their uniforms. And he makes them take off their sweats and stand there in shorts and tank tops in the cold Connecticut weather.
1: (laughs) He's like, you showed the town what they paid for. (laughs) so weird. (laughs) And part of me expected to see Dean because Mm -hmm. he had like the basketball earlier. Yeah,
0: that's true.
1: And so made me wonder like what were they going to have him be one of the basketball players and then just change their mind. Is it just generally basketball season and that's why the basketball was there? I don't know. I'm, I'm just once again trying to figure out who is Dean. Like, yeah. what are his hobbies? How does he spend his time? He had a basketball, but he's not on the <laughs> basketball team. Like, he's very tall. I feel like maybe he'd be good at it. Yeah. He did tell but- us at one point that he's not a big joiner.
0: You know, oh, so- <laughs> I,
1: I forgot about that.
0: Oh my god. So maybe he likes to play basketball, but refuses to be part of the organized team. <laughs> okay. Dean. <laughs> oh, <teen. laughs> um, but uh, Lorelai comes up. So Rory is standing there. I thought that it was she was there to support Lane, which I thought was a nice gesture. And Lorelai comes up, brings her coffee, and they kind of make up um Lorelai explains that she really
1: wanted to fix it on her own the termite situation I do think she makes like a good point here um where she's like Rory I need you to realize like I've supported you up until this point you've never like needed anything I take care of us and like so I want you to know that when I tell you I can handle something you need to respect that especially because I've always done that and I felt like that was a good way of her like reinforcing that boundary earlier to be like maybe I wasn't clear about that or maybe you're not used to me laying down the law but like I really need you to take seriously that I can handle like taking care of you and where it kind of accepts that at that moment. So I thought that was a good little parenting moment there. Like trust me I've got you and please respect that.
0: <laughs> yeah that's
1: true. Yeah thankfully their fight is over. Yeah, and it's time to mend the other fight between Lane yeah. and Rory as well. <laughs> we see Lane
0: comes out with the cheerleading squad and they do their routine. I didn't catch what song it was, but it was one that um I guess Lane chose because yeah, after the pep rally is over, Lane and Rory meet up. Rory asks <laughs> Lane if she chose the music. So we find out that like Lane even though she's trying this thing that doesn't really seem in line with her character she's not giving up any of her character like Mm -hmm. she's bringing it into this new circumstance and she's educating the other cheerleaders on her musical taste (laughs)
1: Um, but Rory apologizes it was pretty simple I feel like they made up pretty quickly at that point yeah we've seen so many instances
0: of them like admitting to their faults with each other, mm-hmm. which is great. And it's not something I always experienced when I was in high school mm-hmm. or almost ever experienced in high school. So it's cool to see that them, that they d- can do that and remain friends, mm-hmm. even in
1: weird circumstances. Mm-hmm. And as the camera pans away, the town troubadour sings, be true to your school and let your colors fly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Thanks for that, troubadour.
1: <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. um, we finish this episode up with another Friday night dinner. Richard is still gone. That's a twofer. We don't yeah. always get two Friday <laughs> night dinners. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, it is absolutely silent. Um, <laughs> Rory like gestures to Lorelai to speak up and start making conversation. And Lorelai mentions that they've started to get the work done on the house. Emily stands up and leaves. I was kind of confused by this.
1: Yeah, she says, like, I'm going to go get more bread or something like that. But it's very clearly like a rejection of Lorelai's offering of like small talk. It's very much. Let's take this to the kitchen, which is, you know, always the like the most dangerous place for Mm -hmm. their fights. Like, some words can be said in the kitchen. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But Lorelai, so once they're in the kitchen, Lorelai kind of apologizes for doubting Emily's motives, um, and thanks her for the loan and everything. Um, And then, as they're leaving the kitchen, Emily says. By the way, we're having DAR meetings at the inn from now on, (laughs) Um, which, as I said earlier, I don't think that that's really, like, a condition on the loan or anything. I feel like that's just something that Emily has been wanting to do for a long time because she wants to be nearer to Lorelai and see her more often, and this is just a
1: moment to say it (laughs) I think, yeah, I think it was also just her way of teasing Lorelai mm-hmm. in a way like, oh, you thought I wanted something out of this? Well, <laughs> fine, I will take something in your face. Now you have to put up with this. And Lorelai is like, she's good <laughs> as she walks away, which is funny.
0: Yeah, it leaves their relationship on still a neutral level. Like mm-hmm. We haven't had any long-standing fights so far this season between them. I think they've all yeah. resolved pretty well. Well, this brings us to the end. Yeah. I feel like we had a lot of conflicting emotions this episode. I think that's good,
1: though. It's productive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) It's realistic. It's nice to not have one way to feel, you know? It's what makes it an exciting television episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I hope we. I don't know. This episode was another one of those that kind of felt like filler in the season. Not that it wasn't a good episode, but it didn't really Mm. seem to have a huge impact on the overarching plot they were kind of building.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the thing, especially with like the whole 22 episode long season, especially something we don't see as often anymore Mm -hmm. in the age of like streaming where I almost wish some shows that pick like having eight or 10 episodes, I almost wish they would make more, (laughs) you know? Um, But it does make watching like older shows like this feel a bit different because we're almost like not as used to filler anymore. But I do think like one good thing about filler is that it really helps create the atmosphere of the show. And it's part of what I think makes us like, I don't know. I think I was listening to maybe it was an episode about the podcast about New Girl I've been listening to. I'm pretty sure they were talking about how, New Girl was a show that had a lot of episodes too and that's part of what made you feel like like you know all of the roommates in the loft and what Mm -hmm. makes you like them so much because they do just sometimes have like shenanigan episodes you know and it's like is this plot related no but like do I love this character would I die for them yes no
0: (laughs) yeah yeah that's true I mean it's only recently that shows actually had like have like a season long arc that they're really trying to play into rather than just episodic character development and stuff. So,
1: yeah. Well, that's something we can talk <laughs> about more in the mid-season recap to yeah. identify what's been going on with the first half of the season. Yeah. Which has been a fun one, I think.
0: Yeah, so that's going to be our episode next week. In the meantime, mm-hmm. don't forget to, again, review us. Um, uh,
1: like us. Yeah. <laughs> <Forever>. <laughs> we now have... <laughs>
0: tiktok and instagram tiktok is you know blowing up over there
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, join us yeah.
0: yeah and send us gazebo moments or any thoughts that you have to talking fast podcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. and we'll see you next time for our yeah. recap
1: looking forward to it yeah <laughs>